0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
1: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care.
2: Welcome back, it's the it's the, our weekly episode. Cassie, I want you to make a recorded promise. I'm making a recorded promise. That this episode, that this episode will, will be released. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tuesday. Tuesday. And if it isn't, I'm driving to your house. And editing it and uploading it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <Correct>. you, Jack. <laughs> yeah,
3: very, very helpful <laughs> of you. And
4: the Hive
2: will go air. out
3: on Wednesdays, Fridays. Thursday.
4: Thursdays. Fucking hell. Oh my god, giving people a taster of the hive. I mean, a stroke of genius. Oh
3: my I my was going to we, make up. That's how we it. identify I would strokes just, of genius around here now. I would just like to. Sorry, Sarah, um,
4: our executive producer. My
3: issue, you and see. resident
4: teenager just gave me the most pitying look ever.
3: My res or my constant issue is that I keep. Just forgetting what day it is.
2: I know, I know. We have this conversation, but I'm texting you. I know.
3: But then on Saturday, we were in here thinking it would take maybe three hours to move the studio. I saw you in eight. here working
2: and I was like she's going to fucking forget. She's going to get distracted with but was all that It was not physical worth it labor. on Sunday because it, it was, was so you did, good. You did a pay and we have lots and I put of room for an uh, extra patrons. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Good idea, Cassie, and welcome to all the new patrons.
4: Hi guys. Hope
3: you're having fun in there. Uh, there's there's th- loads for them to catch up on, so they're not going to surface now for the next couple of weeks. It is
4: isn't. It isn't a good prospect if you become a patron right now at this point, because uh, there's just such an amount of content. It's joyful, visual and audio.
2: We also posted a good story this week
4: regarding your
2: event. Sophie, you want to fill us in?
4: <laughs> oh, my God. Are you talking about Citizen... Uh, to the rescue, Sophie White. Yeah. Super, super, taught, I super thought I, white. Super white. <laughs> That's me. I thought I was witnessing an assault on Barrow Street. What when, happened? When I was on my way to the cinema last week. Um, and I phoned it in. I phoned her in. What did you see Irish though? To Irish Town Garda Station. I just saw, oh, It's so funny. Do you know what it immediately made me realize was just how unreliable eyewitness account is. I so I was cycling. I was coming up towards Grand Canal Bridge, passing the end of Barry Street there. And I saw one guy on a bike lying on the road. I saw a car pulled over and um, and two men walking towards this guy who was trying to run away, mm. Who and they were all, like, the runaway guy was running away toward me. And the two men were coming behind him. Oh, God. And it looked like one guy grabbed the running away guy's shoulders, and it looked like the other guy, like, guy kind of kicked his legs out or- Stopped him. Stopped him, basically. And then, Obviously, uh, safe cyclist that I am, I was blaring music in my ears and I, I saw the guy mouth something. The guy who was fleeing seemed to be mouthing like, what are you going to fucking do about this at me? And I was like, oh, God. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Well, That's he was a little presumptuous. I presume he was shouting help and stuff like that and I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do about this? Kept cycling. Um, I, I cycled through the junction and pulled over onto the pavement there. Like, I was afraid to visibly stop because I was afraid the lads would see me stop Obviously, with a phone in my hand. They obviously hate cyclists. Um, truly. <laughs> Who doesn't? And um, so I rang the guards and uh, sort of was trying to give a bit of a description. I was being just a real pain in the arse. Like, if they listen back, I'd say I'd be, like, that stupid... Like, Casey Anthony's mom. Giving, I have a person, um, an individual in a an auto vehicle, try, you know, that weird yes. 911 call she made. Um, was that a main episode or a high? I was just thinking remember. to myself
2: how difficult it is to remain kind of, uh, you know, politically correct when you're trying to... Give describe somebody. In my head, I'm like, he looked to be male. Um, but <laughs> just in the traditional sense, by traditional, I, of course, mean the old fashioned way that we imagine a male to look. But ne- you know what I mean? I, if, tell if I didn't waste any time.
4: I was like, two white men <laughs> okay. uh, in their 30s. One was wearing a disgusting gilet. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have gone with the gilet at all. all. <laughs> Nope. What's not that, never. That liquidizing
2: store that constantly is in liquid sale and it's too me- it's always men in those red geele leather jackets, you know the real shine ones, the plain ones. <gasps>
4: oh yeah.
2: Stevens Green Shopping Center store. Unique.
0: Oh my god. Shout out to them. Shout out to. <laughs>
2: you I do believe they're in a liquid closing down sale and have been for the last 15 years. <laughs> I mean, what a marketing
4: we're all just like liquid, full of liquid in there. It's just complete, uh, up to their ankles. That liquid feather. Um, so anyway, the uh, guard on the phone, shout out to, hang I totally asked him for his phone. No, he
2: said he wanted to remain anonymous. Oh, did he? Yeah,
4: because then I got onto it. Oh, TG, TG. Um, yeah, so he, he just was like, is, is, do I know
3: that voice? Isn't and that so like, funny? Matt? That's mad. You're getting creeped everywhere. It's because she is everywhere. Um, oh yeah, you out. go out, you yeah. meet people, She's
2: spreading herself around,
4: spreading myself around. Speaking of going like out,
2: butter on warm toast. I have
4: to say, was that a little tea up for toast to toast? <laughs> oh Come and God, guys. no, she was Kathy wasn't. Delaney gave it the green light. People and want it. Not in development anymore. We are going into no, production. No, people want it. Uh, That's because toast is like the yawn of the food world in that, you know, when you see someone yawning, you immediately yawn. Mm. Toast is like that. If you see somebody consuming toast or talking about toast, you want toast.
2: You've, from an early age, been kind of creative with your toasted bread.
4: Absolutely.
2: You're a condiment kind of a person.
4: Be my My condiment, condiment, baby. Baby. Put your frank
2: Frank on on my my bun. (laughs) What the fuck is that from? (laughs) It's Christy Alley's
4: show, Veronica's Closet. Oh my God. (laughs) What a blast from the past. Sorry,
2: two young people staring at us. Two people looking
4: very blankly. Do you remember this one? Uh, (laughs) Single female lawyer (laughs) Lawyer fighting fighting for her client. client. Wearing sexy, sexy midi skirts being self-reliant. Remember that one, Cass? No. Nope. What's that from? Futurama. Futurama. Doing an ad for... Ali, Mc Ali McBeal. McBeal.
2: What another blast from the past. Remember that? Nope. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Dancing Baby. Nope. Ali McBeal. Amazing. Do, oh I do God. remember Dancing being on the It
4: was like the first thing that ever went viral. That was... Was it Who from was that it? show? Was it you recently saying you did a viral?
2: I did a viral, did I? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did. When I, I, if you follow my Instagram, which you probably don't because I have it on private, I posted a picture <laughs> of my tate and my you. baby attached to it. Because I, do you know what, another uh, another half famous person did it, and I was like, oh, I'm getting in on this. I got a I'm good breastfeeding shot. I had I manipulated my baby's hand to give the finger, and then I took the photograph. <gasps> I, I never like, knew
4: you manipulated the hand. I thought that I did. was just art in nature. Yeah, yeah. I caffiness. just said that.
3: I was like that so very on brand for your children. <laughs>
4: um, creep, house creeping up top. Oh. Would anyone be interested in crowdfunding to buy Loftus Hall? Yeah,
2: so we're already you've set up two GoFundMe's. <laughs> <laughs> the first had a typo, and I couldn't go in to edit, so now we have two.
4: Choking. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> uh, I mean, look, it's so within reach. It's $2,878,837, oddly. Yeah,
3: but the Hoovering. The Hoovering. We get one of those RoboVacs. I have one, swear by it. But they can't go upstairs. Yeah, we get two. We get one per floor. Is a RoboVac
4: just another name for Scout? (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, a Robovac has been brought in to counteract Scout and Dusty. Do you know oh, what indeed. it is? It's
2: because men have been putting their dicks in hoovers.
3: That's it. And they've just—they've they've they've had enough. The of
2: us. They've had enough, and now it's almost impossible to fuck a Hoover vacuum, a uh, robot one. Almost.
4: Almost.
3: It's more of a gentle
2: colour. What if
4: you spread your crotch with some peanut butter with a <laughs> robo vacuum come
3: running then?
2: It does actually have, when you look at it, right, it has a suction front. It's like a, what do you call that? There's a name for the R- rumba. R- rumba. Oh yeah, I
3: don't have that one. That's the fancy one.
2: Well, whatever one I was looking at had a suction thing and then it had a mustache over the suction. And it, goes- and it sort of rotates. <laughs> yeah. So you could do a lick out with that okay (laughs) I think I mean it would be a danger one but maybe you'd enjoy that at Uh... any time it could just circumcise the fuck out of you (laughs) no clitoris for you (laughs) so, as it
3: sort of,
4: what a sad I'm sorry. event. I just, I'm trying desperately to get Carpet Muncher into this jazz. So, the robe, this robo hoover is quite literally, potentially.
2: This reminded me of an amazing Reddit a thread. A thread a fucking, I know, I took a photograph of it. Anyway, I was on there last night looking for stuff. And then I found, um, you know, Ask Reddit. And I'll get the name later, yeah. but it was basically, is there anything. Any doctors out there who've had patients with this weird shit that they wouldn't admit to doing themselves. And this fucking thing came up, right? Uh, There was a woman. This is from a user called Raft Sa. There was a woman who was sent in by her family doctor for urinating some blood. Go to the hospital. Good Mm -hmm. plan. All very good. So we put a camera into her bladder via urethra with her awake, uh, looking to exclude a tumour. We found her bladder, wait Uh for this, Uh full of Uh dot, 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 citrus seeds slash pits. What? It has so many of them. When I asked why she put them up there, she said, well, I eat a lot of fruit and would not accept responsibility for putting them up there. So, so ensued an, an absolute avalanche of comments below, just being like, How the fuck did she get it up? Like seeds, what I'm imagining are... lemon seeds. Not as big as pips, but uh, you like kiwi seed, like teeny seeds. Yeah. So somebody, so this commenter who apparently works in the hospital said they reckoned she had a straw, like a baby, a tiny straw threaded into her urethra and was kind of getting someone to... To blow, the blow seeds into her. Isn't that fucking what?
0: mad?
2: What? The do you not think maybe do? she was
3: just like washing herself with some sort of natural seeded product?
2: You're actually, that is a
3: very good Because you know those little, those bar natural. It's, or just those, maybe those beads you know those weird exfoliating things she's exfoliating her ghee, and they're going up there
2: she is doing that you're clever that could be it not one person in the thread of answers suggested that could have been the reason you're on the wrong part of the internet but there was another guy (laughs) who who was like having trouble peeing guy and they went in to be examined doctor was like you have a toothpick down your dick and then he was like (laughs) Well, I don't know how my, I do know how might have got there. I was picking my teeth with the toothpicks. Oh my yourself, God. And it must have just fallen right in. <laughs> <laughs> like, Isn't that a great
3: thought? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just, just it fell down aim is true.
4: Speed. Oh my God. But and he, the dick just accepted it. <laughs>
3: You know so the way,
4: like the urethra is the world. It's like a little tiny uh, lips, tiny pursed yes, lips.
2: Like it has a sphincter, same way every hole in I your know. body does. I
4: mean, I well, still, no, I will go your ears or, my or your nose. Deathbed, <laughs> thinking about that tiny singing dick with the lipstick on it. Oh, John did. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. I wasn't. I wasn't giving away who it
2: was. Oh, made a little video of yeah it was just, the most morantic uh, thing to, I've ever heard that's terrible now because someone reminded me he was on a stag and a couple of the lads were like I oh, a creep dive and he was like How, do people listen to this <laughs> and it turns out they do turns out so they do. I have to start the moderating from the personal sense anyway yeah whatever that happened but it was amazing because
4: um, they're quite like like just little full lips, sorry. But sphincters
2: like are very important too. Full lips, look, there's mad shit going down everywhere. Uh, do you know who did a great section that on on the internet today, yesterday, this week? A science, uh, science, Jill.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Evidently evidently you. you, Um yes. big fan. She did a whole series on masturbation. Masturbation. Oh yeah. Uh, specifically in the animal kingdom. And she wrote a fact up there that I tried to chase down, but I couldn't. And it was that like all uh, animals masturbate too. But that, sorry, I didn't even (laughs) know. I just kept talking. Cassie
4: Cassie just (laughs) stood up and left the room without so much as a wave. (laughs) didn't even stop should uh, i just continue do you think she's actually finally hit her fill she's of f- masturbation references did this tip her it tipped her direct. over the edge wait for this though yeah go ahead
2: moose apparently right are able to just ejaculate by rubbing their antlers on a, their favorite tree <laughs> 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 Is that amazing that really i think that's heartfelt it's just lovely jesus you'd be so squirting over potpourri all over the city so, so you love that flower
4: i love a scent you do love it. Uh, so much um, <laughs> do you know gas? what the term for a tree lover is a
2: Ab- wait i can guess uh, something a bore erotic a bore arbor that's tree isn't it Ar- arbor er- erotism i love arbor eroticism
4: Dendrophiliac. Oh, that's lovely. It came up in a quiz there recently. And I was like, I have been nurturing this little seedlet of a fact for decades. Decades I've known what a dendrophiliac is. don't know why. Where did it first come from?
2: I bet you I know. Yeah. A book that you Are loved an and I then read and also loved about sex uh, and identity. A woman who is was intersex. It's called Intersex. Middlesex. Middlesex. That was Jeffrey a great.
4: Jeffrey Eugenides. Yeah. Eugenides. You, close Eugenides. Very could be any one of those.
2: Close to eugenics. You, Cassie, that was.
3: Sorry, I needed to get a plug and water, and I just thought you guys would continue on. Which we did.
2: <laughs> Can you hear Cassie far away? But you cannot edit out what I said when you were gone. Do you want to hear it again?
3: Masturbatory animals. We've heard it before.
2: Fine. (laughs) Boring. You know it all before. Uh, So anyway, go on about dendrophilia. Oh, that's all.
4: Just that it was like, I've waited 30 years for it to come up somewhere in conversation. It came up on a quiz on the radio. A dendrophiliac is a lover of what? And I was like, trees,
2: trees, it's
4: finally happened. But it's not
2: that, it's like not is it's you know the way you can have zoophiliacs and then bestiality people? Okay, yeah. So there's like a love What's
3: the difference?
2: Uh, there's a relationship, love and sex in the zoophile, file, but just a kind of as pure sex with the with the bestiality person. I see.
3: You had a great word in last week's episode of people who derive pleasure from other people's pain. Hyperbreastophilia.
1: Hyperbreastophilia. No,
4: hybristophilia. Hybristophilia.
3: You're looking
1: at
4: me with this unbelievable confidence that I said this. And you did, I, I heard no... it back in the
3: edit and was like, cause you were talking about, um, Amazing. it was in last night's hive. Oh yeah. Talking about um, maybe your one, um, oh, that she has hybrid oh, Yeah, yeah. and then I was like watching The Fall and he was talking about how he gets pleasure from other people's fame. I was like, that's the word. That's are you are you specifically talking about sexual pleasure? The
4: Fall's Fall very good. So good. All of her silk shirts. It's supposed to be just the one silk shirt the whole time, but it's fucking in Yeah, from start to finish of every episode. And she only ever sleeps like on the couch in the office. But Mulder? The silk shirt. Mm. Uh, Scully Scully. Um, speaking of in Culture Corner I went to see Dating Amber last night and it is a joy
1: you went to see see
4: it
3: yeah I went to see it in the lighthouse very good I watched it on Prime did you enjoy loved it loved it Patrick Frayne's brother wrote it David Frayne wrote and
4: directed it's a it's a coming of age story set in the mid 90s in Kildare and it's just lovely it's basically a gay guy and a gay girl decide to play straight together just to get all the fuckers in their school off their backs brilliant and it's just it's got everything we laughed we cried it's very we lovely cried at the baby gay scene it was just so beautiful you know when he goes into um the drag bar
3: yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah. Um, no spoilers and she's
4: singing. is this spoiling no no, it's just no. a really beautiful scene. Like it's really funny. So and tell it's me this Really thing.
2: beautiful. And it's an Irish film. Irish, Irish film. film. It's on, on Prime. Prime. It's yeah. On so, Am- so they gave Prime.
4: it a kind of a right? sort of. It was supposed to have a theater release this year, but they released it to stream at the same time. So you can watch it on Prime.
3: Would you recommend a cinema experience these days? I'd say it'd be lovely going to the it cinema. It was lovely. Yeah.
4: yeah, it was lovely. It was it kind of lone? I mean, they only presumably can only have half. Yeah, I so see you book your seats and, and the uh, the lighthouse automatically books all, like, two seats in every direction around your seat. So did you go on mm-hmm. your own? Did
3: you go with someone? Like, can you sit with the person you went to? I with And then there's two seats either side of you. Yeah. Free. But what about... And in front and behind.
2: Getting down the aisle. I mean, surely that's... You wear
3: masks. Okay. Yeah.
2: Can you take it off when you're sitting down?
3: Yeah. Once you're sitting down, you can take it off. Lovely. I love the lighthouse. I, ah, it's, it's my favorite it's so place. So nice, and they're
4: playing loads of um. So I went to see In League of Their Own there last week, which I think we talked about. Yes, yes but, we did. Yeah, and uh, and they're playing, yeah, they're playing loads of old releases. So you can go see Inception in because um, isn't
3: everything new like just pushed back
4: in the theaters now? Well, there looks like Tenet movies? has as a release date. What's Tenet? Tenet. It's uh, Chris Nolan's new um, COVID Beijing. Have you heard about this? No. No. Chris Nolan's being a bit of a creep of the week about it, to be honest. So, basically, Tenet is his new movie. It's all ready to rock. But he's demanding, in very Chris Nolan-y way, that, like, it has to be experienced in the cinema. Or it is just not. Have you ever heard him speak? It's really weird. He speaks exactly like that. No. Jokes. He does not. That was a terrible voice that came out of nowhere. And I, I apologize uh, for everyone who listens to that. But basically, he just wouldn't let it have a general release like on streaming services. Because he wanted to be in the cinema. Every, it needed perfect conditions to be experienced. All right. My favorite. But I, I really want to see it. Also, anyone who hasn't watched the Tenet trailer,
3: I'm going to go, go over there time. and go enjoy
4: the, section. Oh. Okay. Um, favorite, like the
3: comment section. Okay. My favorite my favorite COVID joke was very early on when they pushed back the new James Bond film, No Time to Die. And everyone's like, oh, plenty of time left to die apparently. <laughs> 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 it's like, very good. Very, very good. good. And the, but who is James Bond these days?
2: Still that uh, English guy, like a big baby in a nappy?
3: Yes, yeah, still. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it is
2: do you know what I mean there's oh yeah sort of kind of squat he's under. got a
4: kind of toddler comb over still hey. Daniel Craig yeah yeah, yeah. 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 toddler b- in a suit yeah,
2: yeah. How could yeah. Anyone and he still has that like
3: him? I need to feed, you need to feed me yeah like, <laughs> yeah
2: put me in a high chair
3: I'm not tired yeah I'm not oh, tired so good so good
2: uh, happy creeps of the week there's been happy news from a lady who who was on meth and ripped her own eyes out. Got new eyes this week. Prosthetics don't work, but it still has the, you know. That's for, for the, the benefit selfie.
3: of everyone else, isn't it? It
2: really is. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, I think she probably feels, maybe she's touching her face. She feels better. The holes are you now filled with uh, glass balls, but you know, whatever. But apparently she was, when she was doing the ripping of her own eyes out, like loads of her mates were in the room trying to stop her. And she succeeded.
4: Both eyes. Oh, that is so, those people just being like, let's just see how far this gets. <laughs> exactly. Like just out of interest. You could stop her. What well, was she on? Hypoporphine. Meth. Hypopropath. <laughs> Bit <laughs> of Feminax, circa 1998. Oh, remember Feminax was taken off the market. It was
2: just 100% codeine, was it?
4: Do you know what it was? It was just 100% helping women, so they fucking took it away.
2: Yeah, they we're having too nice a time. Those
4: those <laughs> girls look like they're having a nice time. They'll take take them away,
2: take and them give away. Give
4: them a bit of a seven month bleed through. Creep of the week. Uh huh. Do we have one, or have we just done a
2: series
3: of them? I think we uh, just, just in a series, series of, of them, them, but we did have an update, didn't we? We on did, DB Cooper.
2: of course. Fill us in, motherfucker. So,
3: um, they have found new clues on the DB Cooper ransom money. Give us a quick update. Who be he? So D.B. Cooper is our, like, one of our favorite creeps of all time. Hacked a plane. Had a load of money. Got away with it. So polite. Never got found. Never, never got caught. Never heard anybody. Oh, polite. Enjoyed the peanuts. And everybody who was hijacked really liked him. So, yeah, he hijacked a Northwest Orient flight from Portland to Seattle in 1971 before vanishing after skydiving out of the plane with 200 grand. Why was 200 grand on the plane again? Can't remember. We really (laughs) need to. I just see the thing with creeps is they're so ephemeral. They come and go. Yes. Like the leaving cert, you know, when you learn everything. We've retain done so the information many
4: and then you release the information
3: and that's the end of it. And then people forever. come back to me like, oh, do you remember that story? I was like, just like, f- like film me B in again, again. <sighs> film me in again. What what did we say there? What's the details? <laughs> so in November 1971, a nondescript man identifying himself as Dan D.B. Cooper bought a $20 pain, plane ticket from Northwest Orient flight from Portland to Seattle. During the flight, he gave a note to the flight attendant telling him Telling her that he had a bomb and demanded a two hundred thousand ransom and parachute. that's mm. we got the money um The only clue as to what happened happened what happened to Cooper was discovered nine years later in nineteen eighty. A young boy camping with his family on the Tena bar stretch of the Columbia River, Northwest Vancouver discovered six thousand dollars of Cooper's ransom money bound together by elastic bands while they dug a fire pit on the riverbank mm. the discovery led the fbi to believe the money had washed down river 18 miles from cooper's drop zone and been buried in the sand the money is also one of the only clues as to what happened to cooper who disappeared after pulling off the heist because remember they had tracking numbers on the, the serial right. numbers and they'd never found them back in the system unless he just went to mexico maybe now scientist tom kane has found that the they found specific diatoms or tiny deposits of algae present on the money showing that the cash had been submerged in the water for several months no. after the hijacking before being buried what so the find suggests that the money was safely stored somewhere dry for months after the landing before it was moved Suddenly the light bulb came on and we wondered if we could use these different species of diatoms that we found on the Cooper bills a long time ago to determine when the money got wet and when the money landed, Kanye told, said. Kanye West putting his finger in every okay. pie these days, huh? Um, Is he a scientist now? That's it, yeah. It's his money, actually. That's how, <laughs> that's how he made it, like... So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I've never seen anybody actually wear a pair of Yeezys. So this makes sense. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's, that's, in, that's interesting, isn't it? The, he didn't just wash up into the river after the landing. Like he didn't just drop into the river. He buried it. And then went back. And then it was, yeah. And what was he, what, what was t- hoping to achieve what though? Because the serial numbers, it's still the same money. He was just waiting it out. Um, yeah, so the, the, the main theory at the time was that it had just fallen into the stream and washed down, but um this this proves that it hasn't. I guess he was just storing it there. I don't know. Well that proves he's alive and uh, and well he was He alive. was. He survived the he survived the parachuting anyway, which is kind of what we were uncertain of. Amazing. Or else he didn't, and well someone deserved. else found well the money. So maybe someone else found the money and buried it because they didn't want to take it to authorities, mm. and they were just dipping into it every now and then.
2: Would you, if you found it, why bury it? I reckon it's got to be him. Mm. If you found a load of money, or would in your instinct
4: contest? be like, was he oh, paying yeah. somebody? It's
3: so okay. The, their help the scientist it. thinks that DB Cooper is just still messing with authorities. Ooh. That it's uh, still just part of some sort of plan, plan that, like, he was leaving, maybe leaving clues there. Maybe he thought that if he left some money behind, six thousand of twenty two hundred thousand, right. yeah. that they would assume that he had died, which ah, is kind of clever. what they did. Yeah, they assumed that he never because then if
2: somebody found the money, they wouldn't necessarily know there was six grand left. To f- you know that way, but he
3: they if it was him, yeah. Sorry. It's one anyway. of the longest, and most exhaustive investigations in the FBI history. It is, and they closed it in 2016, just They'd saying it was They're like, we just, yeah, not gonna, not gonna find him. So he's still out there. Spent 194 thousand dollars. Phenomenal. Good on him. Good. Let's on him. Best wishes to him, as Donald Trump said about G.
2: Lane. Everyone watched that interview. It is sensational. Um, it's sensational you must watch it immediately if you haven't watched it this week's interview with Donald Trump by uh, that Australian guy is he Australian I don't know uh, it's brilliant it's the best thing ever It. I must get your man's name up the interviewer it's like a skit it's like have you watched
4: part of it even no or it's ready? about the tr- five words isn't it like person
3: oh no that's his, no that that's, was last week the oh, my oh my god, god. I'm a week behind on Trump interviews watch in his cognitive actually. test where he had to name things he's like person thing whatever the <laughs> listing these five words and he's like and then they ask you like 20 minutes later if you can remember them and remember them in the same order most people can't remember them I can remember them I aced the test really good <laughs> I was like oh my god Donald no uh, guys it's an. Act did you he hear he 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 well he's denied it but a representative from the White House reached out to Mount Rushmore to see if they could add another president's face to the oh mountain God. and trump's like i deny it didn't happen but given that i've achieved so much in three and a half years not a bad idea <laughs> not a bad idea <laughs> for it <laughs> well I, imagine imagine being the person who had to carve out that fucking little frowny face little oh. kind of me well you need quite a
2: substantial amount of rock, rock. hard to how master would they the do the two-tone the two-tone, <laughs> the two-tone.
0: <laughs>
4: true uh, so
2: the interview is, an actually interview interview uh, went viral last week. It is, well, you've got to watch it. The interviewer's name is Jonathan Swan. There's pre- he presents, it's just, there's no point in, it's just amazing. Jonathan Swan's interview, okay. He, the interview, um, interviewer, amazing. I don't know how, why they granted it. Why they allowed him in particular, what the background was, but it's the work of art. Uh, Fantastic. So that's a recommended, maybe creep of the week, but in an, in an amazing way. Jonathan Big Bull
4: Swan. I've got a real classic, like scam. Oh yes. And then I've got um like a like a literary sort of uh, a literary who done it. Oh nice. Oh, both good. very. Clever. I do like
3: both. Today I have that time Jessica Alba was kidnapped and we all didn't know about it. Oh my god, weird. Which one is she again? Sin City, she's in loads of things. Oh, very good. She's a very good looking billionaire, Huge, big company, massive. The honest company, it's huge, it's genius. She's a cute whore,
4: as they'd say, absolutely.
3: Uh, I have have an animal
4: (laughs) Mm -hmm. menagerie, cool. So, we've got kind of like animal, mineral, and celebrity, okay? So, um. I'm going to talk to you. Does the name Anne Perry mean anything to you? It does not. No. So Anne Perry is just one of the most prolific um, crime fiction writers. Um, like, I'd say ever. Like, she's the author of... I mean, we're talking more than 50 books, guys. She's she's on rail at, like, spewing right. out um, crime fiction. And um, she of a good
3: quality. Well, I'm back. (laughs) To fix my shoe, Uh, pressing just
4: shop the presses my shoe. (laughs) I would say you see when you're talking about that quantity, surely the quality is compromised. But I cannot speak to the quality. I haven't read any of her. Forty-seven novels and wow. several collections of short stories. Fair enough, for busy people. Can't, but stop. she's won a lot of awards. Talking, she can't stop writing. You know, internal monologue. Just, she's out. a podcaster of the true crime fiction genre. She is, Um she no filter, um, no edit, no edit. She writes them longhand, so on pa- pads of paper.
2: And who tr- Who puts them in a the computer?
4: Long-suffering woman called. Bernadette <laughs> puts them into a computer. God lover. Like
2: transcribes. Do you know them? what's happening, Sophie? Yeah. Bernadette's writing the fucking novels.
3: Absolutely. Well, there
4: does come a time sometimes when she can't make out a word. And Anne will come up to the attic office where Bernadette is situated. And like the setup is she's under the eaves in this attic office. Lovely, um lovely view of Scotland that's mm. where she oh. there's where that's where Anne Perry lives the Highlands, the Highlands I don't know if it actually specifically is the Highlands it might just be the midlands, the lowlands i I'm not positive don't help me to it Can't don't tweet me <laughs> at dive creep if anyone wants to follow <laughs> um and so anyway, um she always has the um a four pads uh balanced up on a special little easel okay, and she'd be like tappa tap tappa 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 and then she'll get to a word and she'll actually have to get Anne up to have a look and then you know and I know this problem myself i often not knows. be able to read my own writing Anne and Bernadette will spend some time peering at the word uh, eventually decide on a word if they can't make it out and then she resumes her typing and Anne goes back downstairs to her office part of the house where she, and I love this look and I really might retire to a kind of a, a recliner in the style of Anne Perry. She has a kind of a lazy boy. Yeah. Um, like an, an, in in front of a lovely picture window and she has a lovely home uh in Scotland. 47 oral. books later. Yeah. And uh, like she's been writing them since the 70s. So... I mean, it's definitely more than a book a year. It's definitely like one point eight books a year or something. Death's job. Do you know that, that kind of way? Pretty fucking grim, to be honest. I find transcribing quite relaxing. Okay. But I never do written to computer. I sometimes listen back to interviews. Audio. And stuff. Oh, yeah. sounds easier. I'm yeah. transcribing from audio. I find that you know more. The way, like. Yeah, like that's a much more of a established. Because I remember. Going to get a job uh, in my early 20s where I had to do a typing test. And you can, um, you know, if you, tran- if you transcribe a lot, yeah. you have a foot operated um, mechanism to play the audio. Oh, very good. And then you release to so, pause. Yeah. And right, gotcha. So nowadays when I'm transcribing, I'm always transcribing from my phone. So I have to press pause. Annoying. And then, and very yeah, annoying. It's really annoying. I miss the days of the pedal. This yeah. sounds
3: like we're lining up some sponsorship deal for some <laughs> transcription <laughs> software. We're like, but thanks to, you. No, no, no. Thanks that is to solved all Otter. of Otter. Isn't
4: there one called Otter or Odyssey or something
3: like that? I don't know.
4: Anyway, anyway. um. So the uh, the novels are all like, she has like a series of recurring characters. Do you know that kind of way? Like, So she has a kind of amnesiac private investigator called William Monk who first appeared in 1990 in a novel called The Face of a Stranger. And, um, you know she's got also like a bit of historical um, novels, uh, like Victorian detectives, and she's won like the Edgar Award for best short story. She's um, like very well regarded in circles. She gives a lot of talks. I watched um, a documentary about her called Interiors. That's available on Amazon Prime. Do not recommend. Right. Boring. It boring. Is genuinely like it was like a hazing of boredom it was like can you sit through this documentary to get at the one nugget that really interests you yeah but i did catch uh some of her seminars on writing and i did think like oh you know what i'd actually love to attend one of these she talked about characterization and i was hooked i was very interested she is a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints our Mm. old pals lds and um her father had been a, a distinguished uh, scientist um, and her her parents weren't religious at all. She uh, had found um, religion late in life um, in the 60s. So it's like a lot of people found a lot of stuff in the 60s. I feel like religion would have been down that list for me. Gotcha. I would have been like it interested seems like a in lot of things the available. LSD rather than the LDS. Mm, and the free sexing. I thought oh. you were going to say Freemasons and I was all over that. Oh, yeah. I was like, yes, I she, would be interested. She also had been a flight attendant before she became a novelist. And um, so I she lives in this house and everyone who lives with her is also in LDS. Okay, right. um, And it's very much like a, a huge part of her life and a way of life for all of them. She, Her brother lives with them and he kind of is a bit of a business manager, I think. And like then like Bernadette's um, son is her driver it's definitely like a family affair okay and the um, she related to Bernadette no uh, they're just best buds they've been together uh, transcribing and writing fiction together for decades and um, so uh, Anne also um, is a murderer excuse me well now
2: well then That documentary that just, just got interesting <laughs> Is this <laughs> no, another
4: one, one where like we still me... managed to not It was so boring guys <laughs> Tell us So She is um, Obviously an English author of historical detective um, Fiction uh, But also um, Was convicted at the age of 15 15? In the middle of the 50s Of murdering her best friend's mum
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. And and then had a career as a crime writer. Yeah.
4: And she also, like, really established herself as a crime writer. And it did not. Like, do you know the way nowadays with fiction, so much of putting a book out is about the marketing. And nowadays, I think if you were bringing out your first book and it was a crime fiction, the marketing department would be like, So, you know, do you have any kind of, is there any kind of good angles we can take on marketing this book? And you'd be like, well, I served time in New Zealand in 1954 for murder. They'd be like, okay, we're leading with that. And like, they would literally just blow their load straight away with the marketing campaign and be like, she wrote this book and she's a murderer. But
3: She's got the inside scoop.
4: Yeah. Very method. Very method. But she, when she first started bringing her books out in the 70s, you know, she'd been completely, um, she had a new name, new identity, new okay. country. She didn't want to lead with she the murdering. She never wanted to lead with the murdering.
3: It's the one career where I'd say it would have been an advantage for her to admit that she had murdered completely people, person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Or also
4: an assassin, maybe. Yeah. Mm. The two. Mm. Um, True. <laughs> so, Anne uh, Perry's real name is Juliette Hume. And she was born at the end of the 30s and her family were English, her mother and father. But they had um, done a lot of traveling because of her father's work as a scientist. And also Anne was like, Anne slash Juliet. I'll now call her Juliet. Okay. Or will I stick with Anne? Stick with Anne. Stick with Anne. Okay. So Anne was kind of a sickly child and they did that kind of... Oh, parenting of the 40s and 50s just sounds like a dream. They basically had a tricky child, uh, their daughter. Send it away. They send it away. (laughs) I mean, that is amazing. They kind of sent her off to like exotic locales like Barbados, um, where like the kind of, they're less damp for her sickly kind of English lungs and things like that. (laughs) Do you know the way? Yes. So it's kind of like they practically... Did they even kind of know their daughter that well? So she spent, she had tuberculosis as a child and was sent to the Caribbean and South Africa. Um, they also had a few bob. They had a fair few bobs. They did indeed. And then when she turned 13, she rejoined her family. So there was like a long stretch of a good few years where she was just off with a nurse and a nanny.
2: Did she spend any time in a an iron lung? Oh, There was a load of books written on the back of people having
4: spent time... And in having notes. a lot of psychological fallout. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have detachment disorder. And um, if you do spend long stretches, like I, you know, not being parented and not developing that kind of like, you know, physical, tactile or, yeah. relationship. Yeah. I don't know if she spent time in Ireland. Uh It definitely would have been the era for it in the forties and fifties. Uh, but I think that the warmer climate seemed to help uh, her. Um, and, obviously she rejoined the family when she was 13 when her father took up a position in New Zealand in Christchurch and and he was he became a rector um which is Kind of like uh, you know, like high up in an, in in an inst- uh, a church. learning scenario. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, is a church, so, but it, I think it's kind of church related because lots of the universities would have been affiliated with church. But he, it's not; they weren't like religious really particularly, and they were the talk of the town a lot of the time because apparently Juliet's mom was, um, you know, she was into her extracurriculars. Put it that way. <laughs> Are you going to? Like sex and around the place.
0: Oh. No, I know.
4: So anyway, um Julia, I'm oh, sorry, Anne Perry started attending the local girls high school and she met a girl called Pauline who they just were instantly inseparable. And um, they just had one of those really, really intense teenage girl friendships that it's never really been gotten to the bottom of. Um, whether they were a couple, they didn't appear to have sex, but they seemed to be in love slash absolutely obsessed themselves with each other and the world that they created for themselves. Right, right. So their their friendship had like loads of kind of just um fantasy play as okay. kind of a part of how they sort of viewed the world and communicated with each other and they both were like really into reading and writing and they kind of invented worlds that they sort of occupied and it was very like an us and them it massively reminded me of the slender man girls oh, that were yes. a story gen told last mm. year i um, and so sort of too obsessed Definitely. but one of
3: them turned out to have a uh An intellectual disorder or a mental disorder? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can't can't quite
2: recall. That's right. There was a in that relationship, there was very much a sort of leader, like a yeah, kind of an
3: instigator, and I think it was like a a sociopath, and then someone who had. I think she on the she was definitely I wasn't there an, was it an IQ to, uh, like a she, she measured pretty low on it one person vulnerable and one person Correct. A psychopath yeah. anyway exactly which a seems, combination
4: seems to be sort of something we see a lot with the kind of folia sort of um crimes where like, right. it's the same with the Columbine killers mm. like they definitely tried to kind of um paint um uh, one of Some, one of them as being the kind of de- like one of them. Uh, it was Eric Harris, that, wasn't it? That they tried to kind of really make the sort of uh, mastermind, and uh, Dylan Klebold was supposed to be suffering from depression yeah. and therefore in a vulnerable state. I'm worried that it might be the reverse. That I've I've, but anyway, like it's it's always like a perfect storm. Of personality type, potentially underlying mental illness or undiagnosed personality disorder yeah. mm-hmm. with then the kind of vulnerable person. Now, with um Anne and Pauline, it's a bit harder to kind of I think weed out who was what. Um, because we had Anne had this kind of strange, estranged from her parents' childhood. Okay. Pauline had um very uh, strict parents like really strict and um, they, she grew up in a boarding house and she had been kind of bullied she was definitely kind of a social outcast before they became really good friends I'd say
2: now her parents didn't like the look of Anne with her mother riding around the place exactly,
4: exactly. a bit disapproving um, especially I think like They were concerned that the girls were becoming too close. And at this time, in the 50s in New Zealand, homosexuality was considered a serious mental illness. And they, I think, were very um, weirded out. They weren't sure. Now, the thing is that, like, Julia, Anne Perry, the author, has gone on record saying that they weren't uh, gay and their relationship wasn't physical or sexual Mm. Um, but, like... Very intense, nonetheless. But that also wouldn't chime with uh, beliefs of Church of the Latter-day Saints of either. course, yeah, So, yeah. you know, you don't know what you're dealing with here, really. And also, um, Anne Perry's family were well off. Pauline was a bit more working class. And oh, Pauline had also been ill as a child. Um, so, they did have a bit of trauma in their lives by the time they, they could were relate. 15. And so, they wrote plays and books. And they... Um, went on family uh, holidays and things like that. Um, But eventually, the parents started to try and get between them. And that is when trouble began. And um, uh, you know the way I was saying, they kind of uh, had their own kind of religion and their own kind of invented world that they called the fourth world. What? Yeah. And so in the fourth world, uh, they kind of... um, said that there was like a form of heaven where you could reach spiritual enlightenment so they kind of cherry-picked aspects of the kind of the religious teachings they would have been got getting but then they kind of like commuted it into this new belief system that the two of them bought into completely and um they were really obsessed with basically um each other and also the kind of I suppose they started to feel persecuted by their parents. Mm. So um nothing like that to sort of solidify to solidify a bond and to eventually make it potentially toxic. And um they um hang on one sec. I just want to get up this one passage that They both wrote a lot about um the fourth world the fourth world and their um their role in the fourth world and their their parents and so like things like uh, in Pauline's diary she wrote today Julianna Juliet and I found the key to the fourth world we realize now that we have had it in our possession for about six months but we only realized it on the day of the death of Christ we saw a gateway through the clouds we sat on the edge of the path and looked down the hill out over the bay The island looked beautiful. The sea was blue. Everything was full of peace and bliss. We then realized we had the key. We now know that we are not Jedi as we thought, which was the type of uh, level of person in the fourth world. We have an extra part of our brain which can appreciate the fourth world. Only about 10 people have it. When we die, we will go to the fourth world. But meanwhile, on two days every year, we may use the key and look into that beautiful world, which we have been lucky enough to be allowed to know on this, the day of finding the key to the way through the clouds. I'm
2: in. That sounds amazing.
3: Going to the first, fourth world. just
4: The whole world. It sounds fucking deadly. Yeah, it doesn't it. It's just like, it's just kind of,
2: yeah. See, that's what happens when there's no TV. Mm.
4: It was like, and she kind of would write things like, um, that when they'd been apart, you know, and then they'd come back together and she'd write in the diary. Pauline would write, it was wonderful returning with Juliet, a.k.a. Anne. It was as if she'd never been away. I believe I could fall in love with Anne. Um, I'm saying Anne to you know sure yeah and um, so absolutely just a, a a mutual hallucination seemed to be what was taking
2: place like presumably it started as look this would be fun we'll just I think I see something and they kind of both
4: but then it became and then real it just became them. so vivid yeah so then anyway in 1954 Anne's parents unsurprisingly separated after lots of the extracurricular activity. Um, I feel like I'm saying that and like it sounds like did anyone ever read Angela's Ashes where in Angela's Ashes they call sex the excitement Ah. (laughs) she was having a lot of the excitement on the couch Um, and anyway um, the dad resigned from his role at the university and they all decided that they were splitting up and they were going to go back to England and it was decided that they were going to ship off poor Juliet again to South Africa and the girls were completely heartbroken and um so the dad said, "Look, you can bring Pauline with you if her parents say that's okay." Knowing they they wouldn't. Exactly. Dick moved dad, knowing mm. full well that Pauline's mother would not let her go. So then when um Honora, Honora, um pa- Pauline's mom, found out that like the offer was on the table to go to South Africa, she was like, "Absolutely not." Because they're Kiwis. No. Yeah, Why? No, I know. Probably doing a bit more Australian and I really apologise. I find it quite hard. No, I don't know the difference. I know. I think sometimes it's good to say dick. We were sitting on the dick and that's very Kiwi. <laughs> anyway, um, I I was like, absolutely not, girls. And um, so... They were pissed off about that. So they decided that they were going to murder Honora because she was the only thing standing in the way of them being able to continue on to the fourth world. So they invited Honora to go for a walk with them. Jesus. And Honora was actually delight delighted, girls. Oh, I would love to come for a walk with you. And I think there's almost this sad sense that like that she tried to connect in with them, but their friendship was so exclusive. Like there was, you know, they pitted her as a villain and really she just was, she just loved her daughter. She was a woman of her time. She didn't understand their relationship. She was scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scared by it. And uh, anyway, they brought her to a walk through Victoria Park and basically they went down this little path in a wooded area and it was not like rural It was just a wood. It was like the woods in the botanical gardens. Okay. Practically. And um, they fucking beat her to death with a brick and a sock. (laughs) My God.
2: That takes time. It It takes takes a lot. So they overpowered her and just kept going and going and at her and
4: at her. At her and at her. Plenty of time to realise what they were doing. Oh, and she really, from the wounds, it sounds like she really fought for her life. And did then, one of them take the lead in terms of? It's not. It was never revealed. Clear. It never became clear if who <sighs> was doing the swinging, if they took turns. Was there one
2: in a sock yeah. and one holder down? Yeah, right. And Christ. they
4: um, basically then fled. Um, I think they thought that they were going. The plan was to make it look like Honor had had a fall.
3: Well. Mm. A very, very bad fall into a washing machine <laughs> and then a few rocks it in there like, and out again. Yeah,
2: I throw a few rocks it in after out her. came out of nowhere. She fell into the washing machine in the woods and it was carnage.
4: Carnage. So the two girls ran back up the path to, you know, the the little cafe where they'd had tea and they were hysterical, covered in blood. They'd been in there with Honora having uh, tea about like, 10 minutes before this. And they basically ran into the owners of the tea shop, and they were like, "Mother's had a fall; <laughs> she may have hit her head."
2: And, and then whoever- the two
4: owners went down the path and found the body. So the two girls it presumably were covered. They were in- covered in blood. They could see that, um, with minor injuries to Honora's hands, that she had desperately tried to fend off the blows. They found the ri- the brick and the sock. Pretty much in the area. And the whole story of the girl's statement fell apart. Now, the, two, the crucial thing happened, which was that they initially were questioned with their parents. They were hysterical and they were questioned with the parents. And then uh, Anne Perry's mom, the author's mother, uh, got back to the house or sent word to the house for somebody on their family staff to find her daughter's diaries and destroy them. Oh, dear. So that's... When they went to trial, they had Pauline's diaries to this day, not a whiff of Anne's. But the trial was a sensation no matter what. Because everybody just lapped up. Burned the wish situation. Schoolgirl. Oh, yeah. The schoolgirl killers. The fact that um, they... You know, were suspected lesbians, and that that was literally classed as mental illness at the time. Well, could they use it in their defense? So, um, they did innocent by reason of lesbianism. Too (laughs) gay to know what I was doing. They were too young to be considered for the death penalty. Jesus. In the end, they each were. Guess how much they got in prison. Okay, we're talking. Were they charged as children? They they were if they weren't
2: allowed to be executed, presumably. Well,
4: they weren't allowed to be considered for the death penalty. Um, It doesn't actually say whether they were tried as adults.
3: But Juliet, we know, won't have spent much time in prison if she's out writing books.
4: So what are we talking, 10 years each? Five. Wow. Yeah, like five for killing mom. Wow. So they were out at 20.
3: Oh my God.
4: On the condition that they never contact each other again. And apparently, by all accounts, they haven't. They haven't. We and went to
3: separate prisons, did they?
4: They were in separate prisons. They were released and given new identities. Um, and um, they were then, they left New Zealand. Both of them left New Zealand. Um, that is wild. Like, isn't it? Pauline Parker did um, sort of stay in New Zealand. Uh, but eventually left and went to England. Uh, Juliet Hume slash Anne Perry, the author, went to the, went to England, then to the States, spent some time in the States, worked
3: as a nanny, guys. Jesus.
4: I mean, in her early 20s, she was living in Cali, working as a nanny. Jesus. Which Christ. is totally wild, isn't it? And then went back to Scotland. Has she Scotland. spoken about this? She has spoken about it to say that she was not is not and was not gay. a lesbian. Yeah. No <laughs> joke. Serious? Yeah, she has said that their relationship wasn't um sexual. That's the and important they did. part one of, thing. That's apparently that's what is very standout. Get that right, get facts right for them. But like they're a product of a society that obviously okay. had such a fucked up relationship with homosexuality that like they Somehow can't get that past was worse it. than murder. Possibly
3: mm, potentially. Right. And like, she is though.
2: But she hasn't denied. I mean, she is she she's not denying that it happened. Absolutely, we don't have any
4: insight as to the like. So you know the documentary that I gave ninety minutes of my life to to see. How was this Mm. boring? Oh my god, guys! You have to watch it to know. Like it's about watching about thirty minutes of Anne Perry going about her day in one of the most. Oh yeah, one of the most honestly squandered opportunities for some beautiful interior decorating choices. It is a farmhouse in Scotland. It could be beautiful, but she has a strange devotion to mahogany. Oh, oh! there is a pine kitchen that is just offensive. It's worse than the brick in a sock. So there
2: is no question in my mind that herself and Bernadette are in a relationship.
4: Oh, sorry, that's what I wanted to tell you. Sorry, yeah. during their trial, there was a point where um, uh, the original girl, Pauline, uh, her accomplice in the murder, was on the stand and it came out that Pauline had lost her virginity to one of the boarders who had stayed in her parents' boarding house. And it was noted in the coverage of the trial that at that point, the other girl, Anne Perry slash Juliet Hume, was Perry's upset, v- gave her a vicious look and right. looked Really upset and looked like the first time she's ever hearing this. And that is the only sense we have. But we don't I know think. now whether that was just knitted in to the, sensation Into the kind of of, lore. Lore of it. But yeah, but back very back to
2: impossible. the dead mom. I mean, in the documentary, did she make no reference to the murder?
4: The only reference to the murder comes at two different points in the documentary. And it's like scenic shot of pine kitchen and cut to nice fields. And there's literally a line of text at one point is that Anne Perry served time for murder in New Zealand in the 50s. That's it. Uh-huh. Now, um, some of the others talk about it. Um, like she kind of talks about it, but she talks about it in, and I could see it like she's like, you know, I that's a different person. I'm a different person now. And some of her friends are like, Anne is has spent her life in penance for that act. Okay, right. And she has no
2: interest in devoting any more time to talking about to talking it, about
4: but it. that she lives her life in penance. Oh, so we are getting a sense that she's not a completely evil. Oh, no, Christ. completely not. But like, and they also were like, they felt that she was attracted to the kind of Mormonism because of the Mormon view of forgiveness. Okay. And um, she, wow, yeah, she's though. only just said that basically their friendship was obsessive, but not sexual. And um, so finally came out when up. a story about the merger was adapted into a brilliant film that you probably have seen, Heavenly Creatures. What?
2: Yes, there you, you remember That's this. That's funny, this whole story, I was like, come oh, on, this is-,
4: this is familiar. Yeah. So, Heavenly Creatures starred Kate Winslet right. Right and um, Sarah Pierce. Uh, as as the the teenagers and it's very much based on that story uh, and when that came out that was when um, she finally uh, her own identity was revealed Um, and 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 many of her books sold better as a result presumably who knows I mean it's kept her in the staff that stand loyally by her and um, and her brother um, obviously came to find her and she did return to her family and live out her days with them okay
2: <sighs> mad story don't know whether interesting yeah but the yeah what do we have our learning she's 100% not gay at the end of the <laughs> just day to just, just to, to reiterate guilty read. as
3: sin but not gay that's one
2: thing she's not guilty of
4: yeah it's mad isn't it like yeah, yeah it is. the the film Heavenly Creatures is really good and well worth watching because it's so obviously it's Peter Jackson, so it's like he imagines the fourth world really vividly, and they were so creative, the two young girls. Like it's no surprise that Juliet went on to become a, a writer. You know, they had written plays, they'd made art. Did about the other? It's
2: Juliet now. Which one was the is diaries? Who was who? The, and the other one's name was. We don't know Pauline. whether Pauline went on to become a writer or, or anything like that. Oh, we do oh, know we do. that
4: she went on to become like a woman who lived a very, very quiet life. Okay. And um, she was given a new identity as well. Um, but that was it. We don't know any. She And she was very religious. Um, and sorry, it's Melanie Linsky uh, who plays her in the... Um, versus Kate. In the, yeah, versus Kate in the, in the film. Um, they both end up like they live within a few hundred um, miles of each other in Scotland, um, but that's purely coincidence. What isn't it mad?
2: They live within, they live in Scotland together. Now. Well,
4: no, as in like they both live in Scotland, but well, sorry, maybe sorry, the other one might live in Northern England. Okay, but, like but they still, don't live far from each other, but um, they're but on we, the same landmass. But,
2: but no contact, no contact has you know ever of.
4: been made. I'd say they're both so, so traumatized
2: they can't revisit that time and it's they,
4: so yeah it's unfortunate because what i feel is that like the lesbianism question distracted everyone in the trial from the, from the very real question of like did they have a shared madness did they have some kind of to a situation which we've seen before with the twins do you remember that yes. crazy story that Cassie told yeah yeah um, um, to the traffic, the traffic yeah. twins like it's so annoying that people were so hyper focused on like, oh, were they like? I know, you know, we missed all. Yeah, fascinating part of it. A, a really important part, important. which was like, how were they moved to do this? Yeah, it's wild,
2: mad. Thanks for that. That was an amazing story.
4: Mad, yeah.
2: Yeah, and her books, forty-seven books later, yeah. did she? I wonder, did she? I'm sure in one of them, there was a similar. Uh, you know ha- is she processing the event t- wonder, their life story through I feel
4: the fact that they never saw each other again suggests to me that they are too traumatised by it but
2: we don't know that for sure no we
4: don't we don't at all um, it's, I'd say interiors it's on Amazon Prime is the uh, is the doc if you do want the biggest blue ball of your, life. of your life worth it for just the hideous interiors Right. just to be like what would I do with this beautiful farmhouse
2: Thank I you Interesting. Paint you would. The dining room green. No pine. Fucking no like pine. Irish
4: flag green. God. In the dining room. Okay. Thank you. Are you going to give us an animal? Yeah. Do you want? What time are we at? You want one for the one for the
2: road? Ready for an animal? Yeah. Oh, Let me yeah. get it up here. Do you remember last week I covered the koala bear and I mentioned yes. then what I'm going to tell you about now, which is the rant about the sunfish. The sunfish. Do you, have you both read this? No. No. The sunfish, hang on, let me get it up here. Uh, This is a couple of years old and it went viral back a couple of years ago. A person passionately hating sunfish and taking (laughs) to their Facebook account to give us a, a big, long spiel about why. And it's convincing. Are you ready? The person's name, Scout Burns, opens with, Fuck the ocean sunfish. <laughs> so someone in a group asked me to tell them why I hate the ocean sunfish so much. And apparently it was too mean and it was deleted.
1: Uh, to perpetuate
2: eight? this truth and stand up for ethical journalism, I'm posting it again. Disclaimer, I care, I care about marine life more than I care about anything else. For real. Except this big, dumb idiot. And it's not like an ironic thing. I mean, it is hilarious to me. And they are the biggest joke played on earth. But seriously, I fucking hate them. <laughs> so the Mola Mola fish, or the sunfish, are the world's largest bony fish, weighing up to 5,000 pounds. This thing is.
4: 5,000 pounds. Huge.
2: Why
4: are they measuring it in pounds if it's 5,000? Like, why don't they I know. move up into stone? Or- I know tons or so whatever. do you know what they look like bring it up five thousand pounds when bring, it's at
2: home bring up the google hold on oh, no, uh, let's do it let's do it five thousand let's enjoy this large slice of fish it's so funny because, because there's
4: a sunfish in one of my kids storybooks and it fits in a classroom so <laughs> there you go
3: so see, it's 357 stone yeah wow. huge
2: floating mound oh my god look at it
3: and it's not pretty it's
2: so
4: like it just looks real cobbled together looks like an accident it looks like cobbled together from other bits of fish and maybe a human face so
2: here this person goes on and since they have very little girth that just makes these absolutely giant dinner fucking dinner plates that god must have accidentally dropped while washing dishes one day and shrugged his shoulders because no one could have imagined this would happen, and with no, they have no purpose. Every pound is of that is wasted pound. Every foot of it, ten feet by fourteen feet. Oh my god, wasted space.
4: Oh my god, it just looks like a Franken animal.
2: They are. It's got the eye of a cat. So completely useless. Look that at its island. Scientists have even debated how they move. They have little control other than some minor wiggling. Some it say, looks like
3: somebody filled a Tesco bag with water and <laughs> dropped it in the sea. Do you know what it is? It's like a it's a child's drawing of a
2: fish That's right. brought to life. That's it. So some say they must just push water out of their mouths for direction. They could use their back fin, except guess what? It doesn't fucking grow. It just continually folds in on itself. So the cells are just being made and this piece of floating garbage just doesn't put them to use.
4: Does it not have a tail? No. no well, no. it has that fin
2: that doesn't grow. So they don't have swimming glasses. So that's the thing that, so this is the thing that every fish has to make sure it doesn't sink to the bottom of the ocean uh, when they stop moving and they can stay right side up. They don't have that. This creature can barely move to begin with. It can never stop its continuous tour of idiocy across the ocean or it'll fucking sink. Except when they get stuck on top of the water, which happens frequently. Because without the whole swimming bladder thing, if the ocean pushes over the thinnest but largest, most toppable fish on the planet, they're (laughs) shit out of luck.
4: Oh no! There is no
2: creature on this earth that needs a swim bladder more than this spit in the fit, than this. It's spitting in the face of of nature. And yet some scientists have speculi- speculated that when they do that, they are absorbing energy from the sun because no one fucking knows how they managed to get any real energy to begin with. So they they must need the sun. So she goes on to say, good news, when they end up stuck like that, it gives birds a chance to land on their goddamn island of a body and eat the bugs and parasites off its skin. Because it's basically a slowly migrating cesspool. Pros and cons. So they if they are huge, they must at least be diff- di- decent predators. No, no. Uh, the most dangerous thing about them is, as you may have guessed, their stupidity. <laughs> they have caused the death of one person before. How? Because it somehow jumped onto a boat on top of a human.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: uh the, I
4: mean what would that be like coming down on top of you?
2: I just, a, just a wet
3: slap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then you're d- you've died. So the, they only eat jellyfish because of course. Oh, that's they a good do. Deed. Uh they only eat something that has no brain and possibly just drifts into their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> they...
4: <laughs> the jellyfish is like, "Shall I just uh, okay, I'll just masticate myself." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure enough. Okay, is this no the problems. way down Will
2: the throat? Will I just, uh, yeah, adjust
4: just myself here? Okay, that's it, I'll okay. just slide Bye. down.
2: Uh, everything they it's do... Oh God. Yeah, that is cute actually, to be honest. Sad eye cute. in the shape of a star. <laughs> so it's uh, So everything they do... Everything they do eat also has almost zero nutritional value, like the koala, because it's so, it's such a stupid fucking, it's so stupidly fucking big, it has to eat a shit ton of almost no nutritional value to stay alive. Dumb. Dumb. See that ridiculous mouth open? So there's, if you Google a picture, you'll see their mouth is sort of fused into an open state. (laughs) Uh, Do not let that in shock. (laughs) Do not let that expression fool you. Uh, They just have the goddamn ability. They have no goddamn ability to close their mouths because their teeth are fused together. And you know what? It's good that it floats around with such a clueless expression on its face because it is, in fact, clueless as all fuck. They do sometimes get eaten, though, but hardly. No animals truly use them as food source, but instead... Uh, will usually just maim the fuck out of them for kicks. Seals have been seen playing with their fins like frisbees.
3: I'm crying. i know, I saw that this one. This is a just picture a- of one
4: being eaten it. alive.
3: <laughs> and <laughs> its little stupid face while this sea lion is eating it alive. Like a cookie, just bite by bite. <laughs> fused
2: into a, oh, kind of an eye wide open eye looking, wide looking open for help. Going,
4: oh, help me. That's the noise the sunfish makes. This thing is so
2: worthless; it doesn't realize it should not exist. It is so unaware of literally everything that it doesn't realize that it's doing maybe the worst job of being a fish, (laughs) or (laughs) debatably the worst job of being a cluster of cells than any other cluster of cells. Than any. So what does it do? It lays the most eggs out of everything. Besides some bugs, uh, there are some ants and stuff that'll lay more, but this thing will lay 300 million eggs at one time. Oh my
4: God. It's another quantity over quality situation. Absolutely. 47 books, 3 million eggs.
2: It survives because it would be stati- it's statistically improbable, dare I say impossible, that there wouldn't be at least one of these three... What did I say? 300 million? Three, what did I say here? 3 million. 300 million. Oh, 300 so million, Statistically please. impossibly there would, you know, it's statistically impossible that one wouldn't survive of that kind of ga- that gaggle. So this concludes why I hate the fuck out of these complete failure of evolution, the ocean sunfish. If I ever see one, I will tell it Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill itself. So anyway, there you go. Amazingly stupid and hateful post about the sunfish, which is just fucking huge and
3: stupid. It's amazing. The
0: I th- love it.
3: Do you know what I came
0: Are across yesterday? Are they not, not even tasty? Like
4: nobody eats them.
3: No, no I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so I was down in a friend's house yesterday, uh, Ginny Harvey, lovely big creep, and um, she has these two pet guinea pigs, long-haired guinea pigs. I had never met one before. Did you know that long-haired guinea pigs look like they have constantly just got a fresh blow dry? Yeah, they have amazing, they voluminous have hair. They have insane hair. They look like little... Tiny Coupets. karens. They look like, like tiny karens. <laughs> just running <laughs> everywhere with this like perfectly blow dried hair with a bit of lift at the root. Beautiful. If you need a lol, just Google long haired guinea pig and that concludes our episode for today <laughs> look That's at this thanks well. for look coming look this one. it looks like Gail Platt
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sophie thank you for your story Kathy and so we'll have more in the hive in the hive in the part hive. two check it out thank you so much thank
4: you new patrons grief. wait go to patreon.com forward slash the grief dive to, to come right? and get
2: more and uh, we're about to kick off that sec- sec- second oh fucking hell I must tell you as well I listened to the, the latest Joe Rogan podcast yesterday what are you doing it was nearly you are four, so funny it was nearly four hours long what? I'll tell you all about it on live
3: bye
0: bye <laughs> hi